Can I just start by saying rest in peace, Neil Pert? Where are my Rush fans out there? Where are my Rush fans? That's right. Greatest poet of the last 50 years, Neil Pert. Anyway, hey, I want to start by saying two things. Number one, I want to thank uh, Dan Reichel for preaching two weeks ago. I heard it was just fantastic. I'd like to thank Adam Flora uh, for preaching last week. Um, uh, after preaching, well, combined of 10 services in three days, and then um, uh, we had an opportunity last week to go see family. Lisa's aunt's 90, and still kicking around and, and walking around and as, as, as loving and ornery as, as she always is. She's just great, and her, Lisa's mom and, and my mom and dad. So we had sent an opportunity to be there. So it, I'm just so thankful that we have such a talented staff that they can step in and, and good friends with Adam. So anyway, thank you very much for doing that. Um, also, I just wanted to let you know, if you didn't see him on the way, there was a police officer outside. Uh, every single week, uh, we have lots of armed police officers all over this campus, uh, but we just thought it was time that, um, uh, that there would be a, a, an actual visible presence on a regular basis. Not saying that there would be someone there every single week, but on a regular basis, especially at our larger events. And so there are no threats or anything, and we're, so we're just incredibly thankful for those of you who are on our security team and those of you who are FBI agents and police officers, we are so thankful for your service and, and how safe we feel because you're members here of our church. So anyway, thank you. Uh, today we're kicking off a brand new series that I'm really excited about. It's called Love, Dates, and Heartbreaks. And uh, so I just want to talk about real fast who this is for. So this is for students who want to date and hope to date, all right? This is going to be good for those of you who are, who are young and, 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 and your students. For those of you who are graduates and you want to date and hope to date, this will be for you too. This is for singles who are dating. Uh, this, the, 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 what we're talking about is going to be incredibly helpful. This is for married people who are trying to make their marriages better. This is for people who used to be married and are jumping back into the scary, awful aquarium of dating, where it just seems so complicated and different than when you were younger. So this is essentially for everyone to make their relationships better, except for Dallas fans, because we don't care about you. So, thank you. So, um, so I want to start by saying I have this game that I play with my kids. It's, uh, did it for years. It's called, How Long Do I Give Them? And, and uh, it's nothing more than I go into a business, and let's say it's a new pizza shop, or let's say it's a new, I don't know, car dealership, whatever. Uh, I, I will, if I'm with my kids, if I'm with my family, they know we're going to go in, I'm going to ask for the owner, I'm going to talk to the owner, and that sort of thing, and then I'm going to get into the car, and I'm going to say something like, yeah, I give them two years. My kids just know that's happening. Yeah, I give them six months. Yeah, I give them, give them. Eh, give them 18 months. So, like, uh, a, a while ago, there was a brand new Chinese restaurant that came into our area with huge, huge fanfare over near the, uh, the I call it the new Target, uh, compared to the old Target over there. Um, uh, and it was just incredible. The food was awesome. And uh, there were, I counted, 22 different people that were there waiting and... Um, at the end of the meal, I just leaned over uh, to my kids, and I was like, end of the year. And they're like, why? It's amazing. I'm like, I'll tell you why. 
just benchmark this with every single Chinese restaurant in the area that you know that's been around for more than five years that is successful. They have roughly about 1,500 square feet. There's one employee at the front who also serves as the waiter to bring the food out. There are two people in the back that are cooking. They have maybe 10 tables, and they do well over 50% of their business on Friday and Saturday night. This place has hired 22 of his friends, 5,000 square feet. I give it till the end of the year, and it was out of business within three or four months. Now, here's the thing. Most of the time, I'm dead on accurate because I ask a lot of questions. But the oddest thing is, the people I'm absolutely certain are going to be closing up shop, they make it, like against all odds. Like if you ever walked into that restaurant and you're like, yeah, this thing's not making it, and like six years later, it's like going well, you know? And you know, the business makes it and hang on and they thrive. And the thing is, we play this game, how long do I give them? Uh, in a lot of different ways. We play it with music. How many of you have liked a band and they turn around and they're a one-hit wonder? Uh, Chumba Wumba. Wow, that, you know, they've really hit, made it, right? Actors. You know, wow, they just killed it in that movie and you never hear from them again, you know? And it becomes a cult classic that people watch on Netflix. Um, cars. You know, like uh, friends, uh, friends will like buy a new kind of car and they'll get a 10-year warranty. I'm like, just think of the logic of that. You don't believe in the car enough, you're going to get a 10-year warranty on the car. Just think about that. You can play how long I give them with just about anything, including marriages. Be completely honest. Have you ever been at a wedding ceremony, right? And you're not doing it on purpose, but you just want to lean over to the person next to you and go, three years. Right? Right? You're like, there's no way. There's no possible way. But I've learned you can't play how long do I give them with marriages. First of all, because as Christians, we want to believe in the best for people. But mainly because even people with odds stacked against them, everything not going their way. Even with every single person in the room leaning over and saying there's no possible way this is making it, these marriages work and they thrive because they figure out how to make it work. And what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about some very practical things to start doing when you're actually dating, but to really put into practice when you're married. And today what we're going to do is we're going to look at a very practical passage, but in a different way, from the book of James. It's James chapter 1, verse 2. Let me go ahead and read it. It says, Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, a little background on the book of James. The book of James is a lot like the Gospels. We don't know for certain exactly James, the Apostle James, how early, later, that sort of thing. We're fairly certain it was probably Jesus' brother, but it could have been. No, no one really knows for sure. But it's an awful lot like the Gospels, and it's Jesus' teaching. And what I wanted you to do right now is I want to insert husband and wives and marriage into this passage, and I want you to see how it sounds. Consider it pure joy, husbands and wives, whenever you face trials 
of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that your marriage may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, what's interesting is that for those of us that say, let's just pause here and say, well, I want to welcome those of you who are new, who sort of like jumped into CCV around the Christmas season. We're super glad you're here. Um, every single time we meet, we take part of our services and we dedicate it to digging into the Bible. Now, the Bible is a compendium of God speaking to his people throughout a few thousand years of history. There are 66 books. The book of James uh, appears all the way almost near the end of it. And it just gives this incredibly practical guidance on how to make life work. So that said, the key idea, whenever you're reading the Bible, you always want to ask, what's the big idea this passage is trying to tell me? And the big idea that this passage is telling us is, let perseverance finish its work. Look down the row and try to pick out someone who lifts weights in your row. Can you do that? Can you find a weightlifter? All right, any, any ripped people? No one? No one? I, I will serve as the example then. So why don't you imagine you're at the gym and uh, you see someone that's doing squats and let's say they're 600 pounds on the, on the bar, you know, and they, the, the guy or gal gets up underneath that, puts it on his shoulders and then goes down and does the squats. And as he's coming up, he's screaming and sweating and shaking and that sort of thing. The word perseverance comes from the Greek word hupomeno, which is a combination of two words, which means to stand up under. So I want you to picture someone doing squats. Every single time there is a trial, and there are lots of them, James says, and they all come in different packages. But when you face a trial, if you stand up under that trial and you push forward, something very positive is going to happen in you and in your relationship. You're going to have one more step towards persevering in that relationship. Now, when we read this, we're stuck by the fact that who in the world likes trials? No one likes trials. I can think of lots of things that bring me pure joy. Trials is not one of them. Peanut butter milkshakes. Huh? Can I get an amen? Peanut butter milkshakes. Some of you are like, too many peanut butter milkshakes, my friend there. Fishing for rainbow trout on a mountain stream, pure joy, right? Hiking in the mountains, pure joy. Play, spending time with my kids, pure joy. Finding out that my father has kidney cancer, not pure joy. Getting in an argument with my wife, not pure joy. When it comes to marriage, the one thing you know is going to happen is trials of many kinds. Wouldn't you agree? you're sitting next to a spouse, just say, look at her. Look. Yes, look at him. Yes, you know. Money trials. There are going to be money trials. Too much month left at the end of your money, debt, student loans, credit cards, not enough savings. Kid trials. Little did we know that the small, lovable creatures that we took literally 142,000 pictures of when they were small are going to test our patients when they get older. Irritating habits. The way she chews her food. Stop it. The way he snores. One is a germaphobe. One's a slob. How many of you are sitting next to a germaphobe? Like, point them out. Point that person out. And then everyone, 
Just rub your hands on that person right now. Just do that. They'll love it. Welcome to CCV. We're so glad you're here. Um, sex trials, right? Too much, not enough, it's getting old. Family trials, in-laws, siblings, stepchildren. Decisions about where to go for the holidays, right? Household responsibilities, people who don't do the dishwasher right. Does that drive you crazy? Is that just me? Am I the only one that literally will look at the dishwasher and like, nah, I got to take it all out of there because you didn't do it right. Like the Bible says, right? <laughs> Overall expectations. Here's a hard one. Attracted to someone else trials. I just, hardest conversation I had recently was sitting down with Lisa and saying, I was attracted to someone else. It was hard. She has brown hair. She likes to kiss me. She likes to lay down with me wherever I want to go. Well, yeah, I mean, she has four legs, but, you know. She's 65 pounds. Good news. For those of you who have been following the three-year drama of me trying to get my wife on board, uh, I, uh, we've researched breeders and got the health screening and that sort of thing, but we put, it, uh, put a deposit down. Uh, for a girl, uh, for a litter late in the spring for golden retrievers. So the Lord has expunged that demon from my wife's heart and said, here you go, my child. Very excited about that. Well, there are these trials of many kinds. You know, there's health problems and aging parents and job stress. I don't know. We all know what these things are. When any of these things come on your marriage, James says, listen, let perseverance just finish its work. Let me pause and just say this. So, so psychologists, um, the way they make money is there is this book. It's called the DSM, the Diagnostic, Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Like if you come to them for counseling, they can't bill your insurance unless they go to the book and they say, oh yeah, this person has this, and it will recommend like 10 sessions, and they can bill you for 10 sessions. So that's how they, that's how, that's the inner scoop for how counselors work. Very thankful for counselors, but that, that's, how, that's, that's how they get paid. Counselors, whenever they're meeting with a couple, and they notice one of the people in the party, right, where they seem to be always the center of attention, and they flip back and forth very quickly between emotions, right? Very, very, everything's fine, and then, oh, like, very sad or very happy. There's a, there's a fast moving between emotions. They're the center of attention. They seek attention. Um, rapid shifts of emotion. Whenever it comes to conflict, that person just, it always seems to be someone else's fault, right? They, don't, they never take responsibility for that other person. It's always your fault. Um, psychologists call this a histrionic personality disorder. And basically, you, a disorder is something that you do all the time. That's all that is. But every single person in this room has been histrionic at one point or the other. Wouldn't you agree? Did you do that? What? What? Did you, what? That's being histrionic, right? Um, and anytime you're in a relationship with someone, 
who isn't willing to take responsibility uh, for their actions, and they do it over and over and over again, and they get incredibly emotional, and they always seem to be at the center of attention but never take responsibility. That's someone that has a histrionic personality disorder. I bring this up simply because all of us at some point or another have acted like that. And if it's not a disorder, what we have learned to do is say, I'm sorry. I agree with that. I'm sorry I did that. And on the flip side, the other person is willing to say, I forgive you, and I move on. When you have a relationship where someone was always like, what? You know, and it like getting jacked up and ticked off and know it's you. Remember six months ago, and remember that? It's because your mom and over here. Remember that thing that, you know. That's a relationship that isn't going to last very long. Now, whenever I think of people not practicing, not quitting over the small stuff. I always think of Kim Kardashian's wedding to NBA star Chris Humphreys. Some of you aren't old enough to remember that, but if we're playing the how long do I give them game, uh, then this played out about just as expected. February 7, 2011, they go public with their romance by posing for photographers at a Prince concert in Manhattan. February 7, 2011. February 18th, Kim Kardashian arrives at her Beverly Hills home to find Chris Humphreys in her bedroom on bended knee with Will You Marry Me written out in rose petals. He gave her a custom-designed 20-carat Lorraine Schwartz engagement ring. That was on May 18th. August 20th, just ni- and after a 90-day engagement, the couple tied the knot in an over-the-top affair at an estate in Montecito, California, the star-studded event was filmed for a two-part series, a four-hour reality TV show on entertainment. And then October 9th and 10th, it aired Kim's Fairy Tale Wedding, a Kardashian event. It was a rating hit with 4.4 million viewers each night. And then October 31st, 2011, just 72 days of marriage, she files for Divorce, Irreconcilable Differences. The wedding was so short that on Twitter, the hashtag, things longer than Kim's marriage, became a trending topic. What were those things that they said on Twitter? What's longer than Kim's marriage? An iPhone battery. Um, Minute rice. Justin Bieber's chest hair. It goes on and on and on. It's terrible. Just terrible. Now, here's the thing. Um, When James is talking about this, he's not talking about one big quit like divorce. He's talking about not quitting on the smaller things. And all divorce is is the accumulation of 1,000 smaller quits. Just a little side note, aren't we all thankful that our childish behavior in our relationship at times isn't aired on a reality TV show so a pastor somewhere can make fun of it? Those of you who laughed, going to hell. You're going to hell. That's just it. So here's, I have some homework for everybody here. This week, what I want everyone to do here, you're single, you're divorced, you're looking to get back in the game, you're married, doesn't matter. I want you to read the book of James. There's five chapters, so you can read one chapter a day, but I have a twist. I want you to read through this as if it was directly written 
to you in your relationship, okay? So when James talks about money and how it's fleeting, I want you to read that if it's, it's talking to you and your partner about your relationship. When he's talking about temptation, I want you to read that as, as if he's addressing the temptations that come along with marriage. Anger, whether you are very expressive with your anger or you're passive aggressive with your anger. Everybody know what passive aggressive is? Are you mad? Oh, no, not at all. And then you go and shrink a shirt, right? <laughs> when James talks about, you know, the tongue, I want you to talk about, I want you to read it as if he's talking to you and about the power of the tongue to build up and the power of the tongue to tear down. What's that scripture verse? Lisa and I memorized the scripture verse together. Let's see if I remember it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building each other up according to their needs. You know why we memorize that? Because I didn't do that very well. So she's like, let's memorize this first. This is going to help you. When James talks about sickness, I want you to read that as if he's talking to you. Because in a relationship, somebody's going to get sick. Having the kind of faith that's proven by good deeds, I want you to read that as, as if James having just a friendly conversation and asking the question, if anybody, forget what you say, if anybody looks at how you treat other people, could they know that you're a Christian? And so the reason I want you to do that is it's great to read marriage books. There's all kinds of great books out there with good advice. But if you really want to have a relationship that's going to improve, that's really going to be helpful and nurturing, you have to read the book on marriage. And that's because marriages that grow stronger do that because you have to practice not quitting over the small stuff. Um, can I give you a perfect example of this? But you can't think I'm a terrible human being. So... Uh, for those of you who are brand new, 20 years ago, uh, God allowed us to go into the Regal Movie Theater down in Oaks. So we started there, and that's why people for a season called us the movie church. So 19 years ago, a year after the church started, incredibly stressful time uh, on our marriage. And I was the senior pastor. I was also the youth pastor, for those of you who are here and you remember that. I was a youth pastor. I was the set-up, uh, tear-down guy with my van. I was also the mousetrap guy. We went and got like 20 traps, and we would, we would collect mice, because in the middle of our services, there would be a lady that would be sitting there, leaning forward, and there's this mouse just literally climbing up the chair. People would scream, boo, you know, in the middle of service because of mice. Anyway, one Saturday, I'm incredibly stressed, um, and Lisa says something, and I just shoot something really sharp back at her, just very, I was, a, I was just being a jerk, and, and she didn't bite, and so I did it again, and then she got mad at me, and it was just childish, and then she tried to, like, okay, let's talk this through, what's going on, that sort of thing, and I was like, I don't want to talk about it, I got too much to do, I got to finish my sermon, and there's a game on, and Anyway, so I was, just, I was just stupid. So the Bible tells us, do not let the sun go down on your anger, right? And that just simply means, as a general rule, don't go to sleep with an unresolved conflict. So I did that anyway. The next morning I get up, I'm getting ready for church. 
Um, I'm sitting there shaving in front of the mirror in my underwear, which is a beautiful image now that you have just stuck in your mind right now. <laughs> so I'm shaving, and she comes in, and she's just so sweet. And is there anything I can do? Is there any? And I just, I was just mean back to her, just very immature. And then um, about five minutes later, she says, so what are you preaching on today? And I'm like, I'm preaching on marriage, right? And on the way out, she said, go get them, pastor. And uh, it was the worst. It was the worst. Um, you know, when you, when you practice not quitting over the small stuff is that you just don't run away with something like that. And I went home and asked for forgiveness after church. And, and uh, I just, just, relationships are hard. You know, there's just, they're just hard. And, and my heart goes out for everyone in this room, whether like you were in one and now you're out of one or you're in one and you just have, you know, the image, the image of marriage, I just believe that when God talks about marriage and these trials, the reason trials come along is it's sort of like, um, you know, Michelangelo sculpture, that there's this marble that when we get married, there, there, basically, there's this block there. And the reason God will guide us to this other person who so often in the early years will just drive us nuts when we truly take the mask off and get to know one another. But that is as we grow and as we, as we practice not, not you know, quitting over the small stuff, every single time, like on this piece of marble, there's just something chipped off and chipped off. And God has this vision of the person you're going to become. And so marriage is not so much designed to make us happy as it is to make us holy. That being together in a relationship and sticking to it in good times and bad is God's way of, in this relationship, helping us become more like Jesus that a marriage that's truly growing is one of the greatest opportunities for discipleship that there is. And so James just calls it, let perseverance finish its work. And so that's my prayer this week for everybody here. Let's pray. We're just so thankful, God, just the unending grace that you have for us. And we pray that we would extend that to other people as well. That when you look at us, and you see us with all of our flaws, it would be just so easy for you to say, for you to write us off. But you look at where we're going, who we're becoming. Help us do that in our relationships, not just with those we love, but in all of them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Brian Jones Sermons. For more information and to find similar articles on this topic and more, please go to Brian's website at brianjones.com.